Hare Krishna, <clears throat> my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is in Hythe, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Uh, we're a little bit late tonight, so we'll get right into it. We hope you're all safe and sound and happy in these troubled times. And I know that this is the source of real happiness. To hear the pastimes of the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, in the association of like-minded devotees. Srimad Bhagavatam Mihimastotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami uh, glorifies the Bhagavatam and explains to us very succinctly what it actually is. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipiyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana. Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandudita Ditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada, Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya, the most to me. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Marekabando Matsangin, Madguro Man Mahadana, Mannestanagamad Bhagya. Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, Sadhuta Dayin, Adinicho Chitakada, Hanamun Chagadachin, Mam. Premnarit Kantayukspura, O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 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 So, <clears throat> we've reached the eighth chapter the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam 
when Dhruva Maharaj leaves home for the forest. Dhruva Maharaj's stepmother, who was the favorite queen of his father, uh, has insulted Dhruva Maharaj very severely. And when he went, he's only five years old, by the way. He went to his mother, and his mother said, Well, I think that she has told you the truth. Uh, the king likes her better than me, and there's nothing I can do about that. So let's see what unfolds now. We're, take, we're starting with text 19, uh, 29, sorry. Starting with text 29. Uh, Dhruva has met, has went to the forest on the instruction of his mother and there Narada Muni, who knows everything, uh, was impressed with this boy's determination and he is now instructing Dhruva Maharaj. Text 29. The process of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is very wonderful. One who is intelligent should accept that process and be satisfied with whatever comes, favorable or unfavorable, by His Supreme Will. PURPORT The great sage Narada instructed Dhruva Maharaj that one should be satisfied in all circumstances, everyone who is intelligent should know that because of our concept of bodily existence, we are subjected to suffering and enjoyment. One who is in the transcendental position, beyond the concept of bodily life, is considered to be intelligent. One who is a devotee, especially, accepts all reverses as gifts of the Supreme Lord. When a devotee is put into distress, he accepts this as God's mercy and offers him repeated obeisances with his body, mind, and intellect. An intelligent person, therefore, should, always be, should be always satisfied, depending on the mercy of the Lord. Text 30. Now you have decided to undertake the mystic process of meditation under the instruction of your mother, just to achieve the mercy of the Lord. But in my opinion, such austerities are not possible for any ordinary man. It is very difficult to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. PURPORT The process of bhakti-yoga is simultaneously very difficult and very easy to perform. Sri Narada Muni, the Supreme Spiritual Master, is testing Dhruva Maharaj to see how determined he is to prosecute devotional service. This is the process of accepting a disciple. The great sage Narada has come to Dhruva under the direction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead just to initiate him 
yet he is testing Rupa's determination to execute the process. It is a fact, however, that for a sincere person, devotional service is very easy. But for one who is not determined and sincere, this, this process is very difficult. Text 31 Narada Muni continued, After trying this process for many, many births and remaining unattached to material contamination, <clears throat> placing themselves continually in trance and executing many types of austerities, many mystic yogis were unable to find the end of the path of God-realization. Text 32 For this reason, my dear boy, you should not endeavor for this. It will not be successful. It is better that you go home. When you are grown up, by the mercy of the Lord, you will get a chance for these mystic performances. At that time you may execute this function. Purport Generally, a thoroughly trained person takes to spiritual perfection at the end of his life. According to the Vedic system, therefore, life is divided into four stages. In the beginning, one becomes a brahmachari, a student who studies Vedic knowledge under the authoritative guidance of a spiritual master. Then he becomes a householder and executes household duties according to the Vedic process. Then the householder becomes a vanaprastha and gradually, when he is mature, he renounces household life and vanaprastha life also and takes to sannyas, completely devoting himself to devotional service. Generally, people think that childhood is meant for enjoying life by engaging oneself in sports and play. Youth is meant for enjoying the company of young girls. And when one becomes old, at the time of death, then he may try to execute devotional service or a mystic yoga process. But this conclusion is not for devotees who are actually serious. The great sage Narada is instructing Dhruva Maharaj just to test him. Actually, the direct order is that from any point of life, one should begin rendering devotional service. But it is the duty of the spiritual master to test the disciple, to see how seriously he desires to execute devotional service. Then, he may be initiated. Text 33 One should try to keep himself satisfied in any condition of life, whether distress or happiness, which is offered by the Supreme Will. A person who endures in this way is able to cross over the darkness of nations very easily. Purport. Material existence consists of pious and impious fruitive activities. As long as one is engaged in any kind of activity, 
other than devotional service, it will result in the happiness and distress of this material world. When we enjoy life in so-called material happiness, it is to be understood that we are diminishing the resultant actions of our pious activities. And when we are put into suffering, it is to be understood that we are diminishing the resultant actions of our impious activities. Instead of being attached to the circumstantial happiness and distress resulting from pious or impious activities, if we want to get out of the clutches of this nation, excuse me, <clears throat> instead of being attached to the circumstantial happiness and distress resulting from pious or impious activities, if we want to get out of the clutches of this nation's, then whatever position we are put in by the will of the Lord, we should accept. Thus, if we simply surrender unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we shall get out of the clutches of this material existence. Text 34 Every man should act like this. When he meets a person more qualified than himself, he should be very pleased. When he meets someone less qualified than himself, he should be compassionate toward him. And when he meets someone equal to himself, he should make friendship with him. In this way, one is never affected by the threefold miseries of this material world. Purport. Generally, when we find someone more qualified than ourselves, we become envious of him. When we find someone less qualified, we deride him. And when we find someone equal, we become very proud of our activities. These are the causes of all material tribulations. The great sage Narada therefore advised that a devotee should act perfectly. Instead of being envious of a more qualified man, one should be jolly to receive him. Instead of being oppressive to a less qualified man, one should be compassionate toward him just to raise him to the proper standard. And when one meets an equal, instead of being proud of one's own activities before him, one should treat him as a, as a friend. One should also have compassion for the people in general who are suffering due to forgetfulness of Krishna. These important functions will make one happy within this material world. Text 35 Dhruva Maharaj said, My dear Lord Naradaji, for a person whose heart is disturbed by the material conditions of happiness and distress. <clears throat> Whatever you have so kindly explained for attainment of peace of mind is certainly a very good instruction. But as far as I am concerned, I am covered by ignorance. And this kind of philosophy does not touch my heart. Mm. Purport. There are very cla various classes of men. One class is called akamis, 
referring to those who have no material desires. Desire must exist, either material or spiritual. Material desire arises when one wants to satisfy one's personal senses. One who is ready to sacrifice anything to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead can be said to have spiritual desire. Dhruva did not accept the instruction given by the great saint Narda because he thought himself unfit for such instruction which prohibited all material desires. It is not a fact, however, that those who have material desires are prohibited from worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the essential instruction from the life of Dhruva. He frankly admitted that his heart was full of material desires. He was very much affected by the cruel words of his stepmother, whereas those who are spiritually advanced do not care about anyone's condemnation or adoration. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that persons who are actually advanced in spiritual life do not care for the dual behavior of this material world. But Dhruva Maharaj frankly admitted that he was not beyond the affliction of material desires, distress and happiness. But Dhruva Maharaj frankly admitted that he was not beyond the affliction of material distress and happiness. He was confident that the instruction given by Narda was valuable, yet he could not accept it. The question raised here is whether or not a person afflicted by material desires is fit to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The answer is that everyone is fit to worship Him. Even if one has many material desires to fulfill, he should take to Krishna consciousness and worship the Supreme Lord, Krishna, who is so merciful that he fulfills everyone's desires. Through this, through this narration, it will become very clear that no one is barred from worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, even if one has many material desires. Text 36 My dear Lord, I am very impudent for not accepting your instructions, but this is not my fault. It is due to my having been born in a Chatriya family. My stepmother, Suruchi, has pierced my heart with her harsh words. Therefore, your, your valuable instruction does not stand in my heart. Purport It is said that the heart or mind is just like an earthen pot. Once broken, it cannot be repaired by any means. Dhruva Maharaj gave this example to Narada Muni. He said that his heart having been pierced by the arrows of his stepmother's harsh words, felt so broken that nothing seemed valuable but his desire to counteract her insult. His stepmother had said 
that because he was born from the womb of Suniti, a neglected queen of Maharaj Uttanapad, Dhruva Maharaj was not fit to sit either on the throne or on his father's lap. In other words, according to his stepmother, he could not be declared king. Dhruva Maharaj's determination, therefore, was to become king of a planet exalted even beyond that possessed by Lord Brahma, the greatest of all demigods. Dhruva Maharaj indirectly informed the great sage Narada that there are four kinds of human spirit, the Brahminical spirit, the Chetriya spirit, the Vaishya spirit, and the Shudra spirit. The spirit of one caste is not applicable to the members of another. The philosophical spirit enunciated by Narada Muni might have been suitable for a Brahmana spirit, but was not suitable for a Chatriya. Dhruva frankly admitted that he was lacking in Brahminical humility and was therefore unable to accept the philosophy of Narada Muni. The statements of Dhruva Maharaj indicate that unless a child is trained according to his tendency, there is no possibility of his developing his particular spirit. It was the duty of the spiritual master or teacher to observe the psychological movement of a particular boy and thus train him in a particular occupational duty. Dhruva Maharaj having already been trained in the Chatriya spirit, would not accept the Brahminical philosophy. In America, we have practical experience of this incompatibility of the Brahminical and Chatriya temperaments. The American boys who have simply been trained as Shudras are not at all fit to fight in battle. Therefore, when they are called to join the military, they refuse because they do not have Chatriya spirit. This is a cause of great dissatisfaction in society. That the boys do not have a Chatriya spirit does not mean that they are trained in Brahminical qualities. They are trained as Shudras, and thus, in frustration, they are becoming hippies. However, as soon as they enter the Krishna consciousness movement, being started in America, they are trained to meet the Brahminical qualifications even though they have fallen to the lowest conditions as Shudras. In other words, since the Krishna Consciousness Movement is open for everyone, people in general can attain the Brahminical qualifications. This is the greatest need at the present moment, for now there are actually no Brahmanas or Chatriyas, but only some Vaishyas, and for the most part, Shudras. The classification of society into Brahmanas, Chatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras is very scientific. In the human's social body, the Brahmanas are considered the head, the Chatriyas are the arms, the Vaishyas are the belly, and the Shudras are the legs. At the present moment, the body has legs and a belly, but there are no arms or head. <laughs> and therefore society is topsy-turvy. It is necessary to re-establish the Brahminical qualifications 
in order to raise the fallen human society to the higher standard of spiritual consciousness. Text 37 O learned Brahmana, I want to occupy a position more exalted than any yet achieved within the three worlds by anyone, even by my fathers and grandfathers. If you will oblige, kindly advise me of an honest path to follow, which I can, by which I can attain the goal of my life. Purport When Dhruva Maharaj refused to accept the Brahminical instruction of Narada Muni, naturally the next question would be what sort of instruction he wanted. So even before Narada Muni asked, Dhruva Maharaj expressed his heartfelt desire. His father, of course, was the emperor of the entire world, and his grandfather, Lord Brahma, was the creator of the universe. Dhruva Maharaj expressed his desire to possess a kingdom better than those of his father and grandfather. He frankly stated that he wanted a kingdom which had no competitor within the three worlds, namely the higher, middle, and lower planetary systems. The greatest personality within this universe is Lord Brahma, and Dhruva Maharaj wanted a position even greater than his. He wanted to, to, take, he wanted to take advantage of Narada Muni's presence because he knew very well that if Narada Muni the greatest devotee of Lord Krishna could bless him or show him the path, then certainly he would be able to occupy a more exalted position than any person within the three worlds. Thus he wanted to help, thus he wanted help from Naradaji to achieve that position. Dhruva Maharaj wanted a position greater than that of Brahma. This was practically an impossible proposition. But by pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, a devotee can achieve even the impossible. One particular point mentioned here is that Dhruva Maharaj wanted to occupy an exalted position not by hook or by crook, but by honest means. This indicates that if Krishna offered him such a position, then he would accept it. That is the nature of a devotee. He may desire material gain, but he accepts it only if Krishna offers it. Dhruva Maharaj was sorry to refuse the instruction of Narada Muni. Therefore, he requested him to be merciful to him by showing a path by which he could fulfill his mind's desire, desires. Text 38 My dear Lord, you are a worthy son of Lord Brahma and you travel playing on your musical instrument, the Veena, for the welfare of the entire universe. You are like the sun which rotates in the universe for the benefit of all living beings. Purport. 
Purva Maharaj, although a young child, expressed his hope that he might be offered the benediction of a kingdom which would exceed, exceed in opulence those of his father and grandfather. He also expressed his gladness that he had met such an exalted person as Narada, whose only concern was to illuminate the world. Like the sun, which rotates all over the universe only for the purpose of benefiting the inhabitants of all planets. Naramuni travels all over the universe for the sole purpose of performing the best welfare activity for the entire universe by teaching everyone how to become a devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus Dhruva Maharaj felt fully assured that Naramuni could fulfill his desire even though the desire was very extraordinary. The example of the sun is very significant. The sun is so kind that he distributes his sunshine everywhere without consideration. Dhruva Maharaj requested Narada Muni to be merciful to him. He pointed out that Narada travels all over the universe just for the purpose of doing good to all conditioned souls. He requested that Narada Muni show his mercy by awarding him the benefit of his particular desire. Dhruva Maharaj was strongly determined to fulfill his desire and it was for that purpose that he had left his home and palace. Text 39 The, great, the sage Maitreya continued, The great personality Narada Muni, upon hearing the words of Dhruva Maharaj, became very compassionate toward him, and in order to show him his causeless mercy, he gave him the following expert advice. Purport Since the great sage Narada is the foremost spiritual master, Naturally, his only activity is to bestow the greatest benefit upon whomever he meets. Dhruva Maharaj, however, was a child, and so his demand was also that of a playful child. Still, the great sage became compassionate toward him, and for his welfare, he spoke the following verses. And that's almost 8 o'clock. And it's a very nice stopping place. Now we will hear tomorrow. Uh, Narda's instructions to Dhruva Maharaj. And it will st start tomorrow with text 40. And patiently wait for the... Reflections of the assembled devotees. First is something from Braj Balaba. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Well, Hare Krishna Braj. Um, in today's reading, I think it was text 33. Um, hmm? 
One should try to keep himself satisfied in any condition of life, whether distress or happiness, which is offered by the supreme will. A person who endures in this way is able to cross over the darkness of Nessians very easily. Also, Krishna makes this same point in the Bhagavad Gita. This is the whole basis of spiritual life. Srila Prabhupada once called the Bhagavad Gita the ABCs. But it's not ABCs like a beginner. Bhagavad Gita is most elevated and it's for everyone. And this is the basis. I mean, if you were to calculate, and I haven't done this yet, maybe I can give someone another duty to figure this out. Uh, how many times Krishna advises Arjuna to be equal in happiness and distress? Many verses, at least 30 verses, maybe more. Maybe more. So, repetition of a good thing is good. Sometimes devotees think that Prabhupada's books are repetitious. He keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. But the thing is, every single word is true. So if you start becoming uh, bored with something that's true, then you're on the path to falsity. Mm. Uh, so yes, what we just heard from the Bhagavatam is absolutely given in the Gita. And the, in the Gita, there's everything. Not all the details, especially of the spiritual world right. and the activities of Krishna and all the varieties of his uh, individual personality in the spiritual world. But the basics are there, solid as a rock. And therefore, you will you will be able to point out uh, verses in the Gita for almost every major and important instruction mm. in the Bhagavatam. Mm. There's a basis of, for it in the Gita. Therefore, it's good to keep reading the Gita, even though we're reading the Bhagavatam, even mm. though we're reading another Chaitanya Charitamrita, even. And if you notice that in the verses of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, which, which is called the postgraduate study, Gita is the undergraduate study, Bhagavatam is the graduate study, and the Chaitanya Charitamrita is the postgraduate study. But if you analyze the composition of the verses, not the purports, but the verses, you'll find Bhagavad Gita verses sprinkled throughout the work. Mm -hmm almost to the end. Bhagavatam verses, Puranic verses, Upanishad verses, Vedic verses, Rasa Shastra verses. It's all there in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So therefore it's true what you just said, that there is a Gita verse that says the same, many Gita verses. And throughout the Bhagavatam, it's a major theme. Yes, my, my question is this. Um, 
It's easy to be peaceful in good times, so-called good times, when things are going your way. It's far less easier to do it when they're not, because, well, it's all kind of, an, I guess it's a mind trip and an ego trip and all these other things. So the question is, um, when we're faced with circumstances that are so-called bad, I, I, I'm just going to say something. You can tell me if it's right. I assume at that time, we should just somehow other become even more determined in our Krishna consciousness. We should see it practically as a special mercy from Krishna. Mm -hmm. That's the pillar. That's the beginning point. Okay. You see it's mercy from Krishna. And from there, it's easier to tolerate. Mm, okay. But in one, whatever the case, we must learn to tolerate happiness and distress. Krishna never says anywhere where you won't have any distress. As long as you're in the material world, you will have some distress and you will have some happiness. And it's already being charted out. You can't change the amount of happiness and distress you're going to have, even if you're a devotee. Therefore, if you want to become a strong devotee, an advanced devotee, then you will tolerate the happiness and distress, both. Because as we, it was pointed out in the purports, when we're happy, we're using up our pious credits. That's good because if you have pious or impious credits, you have to come back to the material world and pay your debt. So if you want to leave this material world and go back to the spiritual world and actually have eternal life of ha bliss and happiness, then you have to tolerate. And that's the mercy of the Lord. Hare Krishna. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Maharaj, Hare Krishna to you and all assembled devotees. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Sri Mad Bhagavatam. Jai, Haribo, Haribo. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Pushing back the influence of the age of Kali <laughs> by broadcasting transcendental sound vibration. I'm just Prabhupada's messenger, that's all. I'm just trying to carry the message of Srila Prabhupada. And from April, oh good. Yes, April. Hi again. Well, hello to you. Hope I'm not too late this time. Uh, well, since you're writing it, I think you're not too late. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's wonderful reading of Grantarad Srima Bhagavatam. Dhruva hmm. Maharaj's story is so encouraging because even he desired an extraordinary material thing. 
The great sage Narada is going to instruct him as a suitable way for him. Yes, actually, Krishna is in the heart of everyone. And he's always giving us instructions. We may not be able to hear it, the words, graphically or tangibly, but the conscience is there. The conscience that tells us this is right or this is not right. That's Krishna. And he's always telling us. But we aren't hearing. The purpose of Sadhana Bhakti is to purify our hearts and wake us up so that we can hear and, and actually follow the conscience that Krishna is giving us. It's the human beings that have conscience. The, the animals don't. Birds don't. Thank you very much, Anandamurti. She has more. Mm. It is wonderful to hear, quote, even if one has many material desires to fulfill, he should take to Krishna consciousness and worship the Supreme Lord Krishna, who is so merciful that he fulfills everyone's desires. Through this narration, it will become very clear that no one is barred from worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, even if one has many material desires. Anandamurti, that was a wonderful find. It's the essence of what we read today. You went right to the point. Thank you so much. Krishna is giving you so much nice intelligence by your sincere desire to distribute Christian consciousness to others. Haribo. From Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Oh, glorious Like Dhruva Maharaj explains here, anger is making him deaf to instructions that are for his benefit. Mm -hmm. So, how does one extinguish the fire of anger that sometimes may devour the heart? By learning to forgive, learning the art of forgiveness. Forgiveness is the one of the pillars of Brahmatejas, the Brahminical power. And it's more power, humility, forgiveness, pridelessness, compassion. These are the Tejas, the Brahminical Tejas, and it's more powerful than anything. The, what is the pillar of forgiveness? How do you forgive? Well, you have to hear the truth. And when Krishna says that and gives you the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, then you have to accept it. Arjuna teaches us how to accept it. Sarvam etadvitam manye yomam parisikeshava Everything you say I accept this truth. That's surrender. We have to surrender to Krishna. He's the supreme authority. He knows what's going on in everyone's heart. Vedaham samatitani vartamanani charjana bhavishani chabhutani mam tu veda nakachjana He knows everything, past, present and future. Uh, that's going on anywhere, everywhere in the universe. 
So he's making the arrangements to fulfill our desires. And now he's going to fulfill Dhruva's desires, even though he's only a five-year-old boy. Hare Krishna. From Subaru? Yes, Subaru. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. Thank you for expanding on the equanimity as one of the key themes advised by Lord Krishna through Bhagavad Gita. Daily readings, key jai. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for another beautiful reading. Tonight we heard Sri the Prabhupada speak clearly on the point whether one is allowed to worship the Supreme Lord when one still has material desires and asking the Lord to fulfill it. The answer, as I understood it, is yes. My question is, does this also apply for a devotee who is already initiated in ISKCON in Krishna consciousness on our path of pure devotional service? It seemed to me always that this is a lower level which should not be pursued. Personally, I am trying to follow the pure path of bhakti, but in some areas I am noticing that I still have material desires which, which I struggle with at times. May I pray to Lord Krishna? To fulfill them? Rati, in case you didn't men notice, Krishna is fulfilling them already. I watched those videos of the Rathyatra in Amsterdam and I was watching a star perform. It was so obvious. So, <laughs> Krishna is already fulfilling your desires. But, it's not that just because a person's initiated that there's some kind of mechanical, you know, switch that's flipped and automatically that person is, this is a material concept. It's a mundane concept. The instructions, these instructions are for everyone. Just because one is initiated doesn't mean that one still doesn't have material desires. But when a person has once surrendered sincerely, then from that day on, Krishna will fulfill the desires. But if the desires of a sincere devotee will cause that devotee to keep coming back to Krishna to fulfill more and more and more material desires, then Krishna, he will not fulfill that material desire. And in that way, teach us. Because when you get Krishna, you get everything. Whatever material desire you have in this, in this material world is temporary. There's nothing that you can desire in this material world and the results of it, good, bad, or indifferent, that is not temporary, it's temporary. Everything. So Krishna says, this devotee is sincere, you know, 
but he's less intelligent because he's asking for something that's going to cause more, cause him to ask for more, and then he'll and they'll have to stay in the material world to fulfill the, all these material desires. So Krishna's kindness, this is if he really favors the devotee, he'll start to take things away until there's nothing else but Krishna. And then he will surrender to Krishna and he will get everything. He'll get Krishna. Hare Krishna. From Daitari Hari? Yes, Daitari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. When we hear the pastime of Dhruva Maharaj, what should be our response? I personally always found it interesting that he frankly admitted Narada's instructions couldn't touch his heart because of, because of it being pierced by the harsh words of his stepmother. I know the end result of this pastime has Dhruva Maharaj lamenting for the desire he had, which he compared to broken pieces of glass when compared to seeing the Lord face to face. I know I should therefore be inspired to feel the strong desire to give up my petty material desires, but I sometimes also feel like Dhruva Maharaj, stubbornly attached to my own ambition, and feel like if I strictly practice Krishna consciousness, he will give me what I want and make me lose attachment to those petty desires. But then I see that those desires aren't really looking likely to ever be fulfilled. So I want to give up on the idea out of frustration. I guess like Prabhupada described, I have the Shudra spirit instead of Dhruva's Kshatriya spirit. Akama Savakamova Moksha Karma Udaridi Tivrina Bhakti Yogina Yajanti Purushakpura. Maybe I got the wrong last line wrong. Anyway whether you're full of material desires whether you are hankering to be free from desires or whether you're free from material desires you should approach Krishna and worship Krishna because by approaching Krishna those material desires will gradually diminish and eventually you'll get your innermost desire the innermost desire of every single soul is to love Krishna, to be with Krishna, to play with Krishna, to have a relationship with Krishna. That's the innermost desire of all souls, without exception. So Krishna fulfills our desire, our real desire and Dhruva Maharaj he gave up the material desire he said, no, no, I don't want anything I, you know, I, I was looking for a, you know, a, a broken piece of glass and I got a gem so I don't need anything, thank you thank you but, but Krishna because he was so pleased with Dhruva Maharaj's austerity and determination and the spiritual practices, even though they were from material desires, 
He fulfills all those material desires and more. He gave him a planet better than Brahma's. He allowed him to understand the material world for a very long time to fulfill all his material desires, even those he didn't even know he had yet. And then he took him back to Godhead. So, what's there to lose? What's there to lose from surrendering to Krishna? To serving Krishna? So never mind you have material desires. Never mind you have desire for liberation. Never mind you have no material desires. Surrender to Krishna. And all your desires will be fulfilled. Hare Krishna. from Gauranga Gopal. Yes, Gauranga Gopal. Where do we find the strength to forgive when the mind is preaching heavily against it and convinces us of our legitimate claim for You're anger? not the mind. You're not your mind. You have to learn the art of rejecting your mind. Just as you learn the art of rejecting someone who comes to you and wants to harm you. The mind is the best friend and the mind is the worst enemy. Both. So when the mind is controlled, it's your best friend. When your mind is uncontrolled, it's your worst enemy. But we are not the mind. Why do we say in every language of the world, my mind. My mind is disturbed. This is my cup. It's sitting there and I'm sitting over here. So it may be a little difficult because the mind and the consciousness is so intimately related. But still we say it my mind, your mind, my intelligence, your intelligence, in every language of the world. Everyone knows it. This is the power of maya. There's only one solution. Surrender to Krishna. Surrender to Krishna. Accepts, accept what he says to you in the Gita and follow it. Because it's good for you. It's the best thing for you. And that is the path to eternal happiness, eternal satisfaction, and freedom from all material desires. Or as Bhaktisiddhanta said, you beat your mind with a broomstick, or one of the, either the shoe or the broomstick in the morning, and in the evening before you take rest, beat it again with the other thing, with the people. You have to deal firmly with your mind. When it's uncontrolled, it's an enemy. You don't go and embrace the enemy. It'll, it'll, it'll eat you for lunch.
And even if you feel helpless and you feel you can't do that, you approach Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, helplessly. And the more helpless you are when you chant, the more powerful the chanting is. Hare Krishna. Guranga Gopal says, Thank you, Maharaj, for this back to basics answer that I needed to hear. You can you can you can take a you can bring a horse to word water, but you can't make him drink. You can bring a man to philosophy, but you can't make him think. Or something like that. No one can think for you. The soul has the capacity to think. The mind's thinking and the intelligence's activities are temporary. But the soul and the soul's mind and intelligence is eternal, permanent, and individual. Therefore, it's the soul's prerogative and duty when it comes to the human form of life to accept Krishna's instruction and control the mind. To try, as Prabhupada said, strenuously to control the mind. You can't control the mind casually. It's too strong. Krishna can help you. Therefore, you have to approach Krishna strenuously, with all sincerity. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari says, Thank you for your compassionate, intelligent, and sensible answer. Hare Krishna. From Subarao. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna. I remember the tenth offense to the holy name in the context of discussion of material desire. Quote, to not have complete faith in the chanting of the holy name and to maintain material attachments, even after understanding so many instructions on this matter. It is also an offense to be inattentive while chanting. I am struggling with this particular offense. So read the Harinam Chintamani of Bhaktivinoda Thakwa. He'll explain to you how to do that. Very nicely. It's a nice translation. You can find it in the database under in the table of contents or the contents number 16 which is uh, writings of previous acharyas. You go to there, then you go to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, then you go to Harinam Jintamani and read it very carefully and it will explain to you uh, how to avoid the offenses and how to become free from the offense even if you've 
done it or are doing it. Hare Krishna. From Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Hare, uh, amazing, Maharaj, to hear how Dhruva Maharaj was so determined to pleasing the Lord. He was very small boy. As same way, if I practice good sadhana, pleasing Guru and Vaishnava and ultimately Krishna, it is sure. Go back home, back to Godhead, everyone. Thank you so much for your daily reading. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Why? Because Prabhupada promised. And Prabhupada is so dear to Krishna that when Prabhupada promises something, Krishna feels obliged to fulfill that promise. So if you follow the regulator principles and chant 16 rounds minimum, try to avoid offenses for the rest of your life, you will go back to Godhead in this life, no matter what you think, no matter what your mind tells you. When Krishna was pulling the grinding mortar behind him and it got stuck between the two Arjun trees, he thought, this is a verse in the Bhagavatam, this no, that's not a speculation. He thought, Narada Muni told me, or said, promised that I would deliver these two, so I have to do it. That's how it works, literally. And then he just tugged a little bit. I mean, these were just household, you know, strings or rope or something. And it's going to pull down two Arjun trees. Arjun trees are the deeply rooted trees. They're very difficult to take up. But because Krishna went promised, so he did it. So Prabhupada promised. I mean, Narada Muni promised, so Krishna did it. So Prabhupada promised us. So if you do that, you will be successful 100% sure. Subaru says, thank you, Maharaj. Sure will read. And Ananga Mandri says, Hari Bo. And there's a short question from Rosie Prema. Rosie Prema. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Is it normal to feel emotional when missing Krishna? It's not only normal, it's advised. Lord Chaitanya advised to serve Krishna with feelings of separation. The more you feel separation from Krishna while you're performing your devotional service, the more you advance in Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. So yes, it is normal. Hare Krishna. And with that, I have to stop. My voice is, needs to rest. I was with Bhajshika Prabhu for five hours today straight 
talking the whole time. So, Hare Krishna, thank you all of you for your lovely reflections, bringing out the gems from Prabhupada's purports and, and inquiring very submissively and nicely. Uh, you're empowering me to answer the questions. I can't remember anything actually during the day when I'm doing things. I walk to one side of the room. I'm, I'm going on 77 now. I go to one side of the room. When I get there, what was I going to do? You know, <laughs> I can't remember anything. And it, it all comes out by your desire. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samavira Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, and we'll see what Dhruva Maharaj is going to do with Nard and, and how Narda is going to instruct him. Hare Krishna.